This is Daylight Magazine coming to you from Adventist World Radio Ghana, the voice of hope. Today's Daylight Magazine has segments designed with you in mind. Stay tuned and be blessed. Hello, dear listener. Once again, I want to welcome you to today's devotion. And our topic is the morning star. I'm reading from Second Peter chapter 1, verse 19. Until the day breaks and the morning star rises to illuminate your minds. Long ago, a little boy lived on a remote farm in Western Australia. He passed through the usual little boyhood ambitions of the time to drive a train, to ride on a fire engine, and so forth. But most of all, he wanted to study the stars. Out there in the rolling fields under the eucalyptus tree, he could see them clearly. Alone one night with his father, he confided that he was in love with the stars. I know, I know, my boy. I've seen it, his father said. His hard-working, undemonstrative parent knew. Amazing! Indeed, my father was in love with the stars all of his life. Just two years before his premature death, we gave him a telescope. What a pity that he had to wait 60 years to have it. Fascination with the stars is embedded deeply within us. Astrology, the belief in star power, is as old as the history of humanity. In various ways, we have all followed the starry trail of the wise men of the East toward spiritual illumination. The Greeks read mythic wisdom into the star constellations. The Buddha reaches enlightenment after his many days of fasting and meditation. Hindu deities dance in flaming hoops of light. Painted Christian saints wear halos and light rays to indicate illumination and piety. Some were hallows of stars. Against this diverse background of shining light, of spiritual insight and practice, God declared himself to John the Revelator, as recorded in Revelation chapter 22, verse 17. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things. 
I am the bright and morning star. Or in the quaint language of the Wycliffe translation, the day stars praying in your heart, 2 Peter 1, 19. As the bright star, Jesus then is the very beginning of enlightenment in darkness. He is not the evening star at the end of the day. Lovely as that may be, nor is he any of the stars invisible during the daylight of our workday world. Instead, he is the morning star, the herald of the dawn, the one that announces the coming end of darkness. He intends to shine, single and focused, in the mind of every believer. Like a mariner navigating unknown seas, I look unto you, dear Lord, because you are the morning star to guide me this day. May this be your prayer. Amen. This message has come to you from Dorothy Menchenkom, and I have been your presenter, Peter Ejekum Boatin. Let us read from the Bible, Matthew chapter 17, verse 19 and 20. Matthew chapter 17, verse 19 and 20. It reads, Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, Why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, Because you have so little faith. I tell you the truth. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. I read the 20 again. He replied, because you have so little faith, I tell you the truth. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Is any difficulty immobilizing you? Remember, prayer can get you moving. And as you pray, add a dose of faith. Faith indeed can move mountains. And prayer will also keep you going. God bless you. I am Bell Dollar Bill. listener, brace yourself as we bring to you a continuation of the discussion. Wills. Hello listeners and welcome to your radio lawyer. With me, Nath Hebo and our resource person, Mr. Ansa. We continue with the topic that we started last week, which is Wills. And by way of recap, we started off last week by looking at the topic what a will actually is and we 
looked at what has generally become a myth associated with wills, and we sought to dispel that myth because it really didn't have any realistic basis. We also attempted a definition of what a will is, and we said it was a declaration of intention by a person of sound mind and full age concerning how the property he has or to which he will be entitled at the time of his death should be disposed of and also how his affairs should be managed on or after his death. And we took time to look at the various components that make up this definition and that a person must be of full age and must be of sound mind and it must be property that he has acquired or property that he would be entitled to. And so you can't go about disposing family property that you have inherited in your will. We also looked at the various types of wills, and uh, we talked of the written will, which is commonly known and referred to as the will. We also looked at the unwritten will, and we looked at the various uh, circumstances or requirements that would make them valid. We also learned that wills take effect only after the death of the testator. And then we looked at how to write a will, the key components of a written will, that it must be in writing, that it must be in the presence of two attesting witnesses. We also looked at how or the circumstances under which an Oral will could be accepted for purposes of a will for that matter. And we said that it must be made in contemplation of death and that it must be publicized. In effect, it should be made in the presence of credible witnesses who cannot testify, you know, to the declarations that were made. And the fact that it also must be of self-acquired property. We also looked at the validity for written will. It must be in writing, and we indicated that it didn't follow any particular format, even though a resource person advised us that for certain technical reasons, it would be advisable to engage the services of a professional to assist in that regard. We also looked at other elements of validity other than the formal or the writing that the person must be a free agent, and it should be such that it wouldn't raise doubts or suspicion as to its validity. Then we also learned that writing a will really isn't a thing that is cast in stone and that at various times a testator can alter or even totally revoke the will. And we were educated on the way to go about it, one of which was to either write an entirely new will or to prepare what is called a codicil, you know. So those were some of the topical or key things that we discussed last week, Monday. We also looked at alteration, tearing or physical destruction. And so this evening, we shall be continuing from where we left off and we shall be focusing more on what happens in the event that the testator dies. And so on this note, I would welcome a resource person. We're welcome to our discussion. Thank you. 
cherished listeners. Good. The last session you informed or you advised that in the event that people prepare a will, it is advisable to let people know of the existence or somebody know of the existence of the will and not to actually uh, hide it. Let me use that w- word for want of a better expression. But now let us take it that everything that has to be done has been done and then the testator passes on. Where do we go from there? Thank you. Um, because the will expresses an intention expressed in writing on a piece of paper, the will by itself cannot activate that intention into a reality. And so in a will, I don't know whether we discussed it last week, I suppose we did, you appoint what we call executors. They are more or less trustees or your personal representatives. You name in your will as persons who would stand in your shoes upon your death and execute your estate in accordance with the intentions expressed Mm. in the will. So you may or you may not even inform the executors. They may be totally unaware of that intention of yours expressed Mm. in your will. So the law actually requires that upon the death of a person who in his lifetime wrote a will, any person who has a custody or is aware of the existence of the will must notify the nearest high court within 14 days of the death. But assuming that all these have been fulfilled, the existence of the will is known to the relevant persons. And normally, as we mentioned last week, it's advisable to deposit a copy or copies at the court registry and uh, for Christians Mm. in the nearest district or headquarters of your church so that it will be properly kept. The beneficiaries under the will, persons who may be entitled, let's assume at that time we don't know even the content of the will, will notify the court and the court registry who administer such matters will give appropriate notice, invite the relevant persons to Mm. be present, and then in the presence of those persons, the will will be opened and the content read. It is at that stage that we will know who the executors are. In some cases, by the time the will is read, uh, even the executors, some are all already dead by Mm. themselves. Mm. In some cases, they decline to accept that duty or responsibility. Okay. So depending upon what, if if the persons named as executors have already died, mm. then their will doesn't lapse or it doesn't become invalid. But okay. then the personal representatives would have to apply for letters of administration with the will annexed. Okay. In other words, administrators will be letters of administration will be granted to the relevant qualified persons by a court, but then they have to administer or execute the estate in accordance with the provisions of their will. But if the executors are around, then they will apply 
for probate. Probate. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, let us. I think two words have come up here. Letters of administration and probate. Uh, we'll take our first break now, and when we come back, we will look at letters of administration and probate, and then the circumstances under which either of them is used. So we'll take a break. You just listened to a discussion on the topic wills. A continuation will be brought to you later. For any inquiries or contribution, you can contact us on plus two three three two four four six seven three five two eight or zero two four four two three five zero one seven or email us at radio at vvu.edu.gh or through the postal address Adventist World Radio Ghana PO Box AF five nine five Adenta Greater Accra Region Ghana. of truth. I am Pastor Ebenezer Kwe. We are looking at a topic dubbed hope in the den. So far we have seen that God made Daniel a great man because he trusted him. He had faith in him and he was also a man of prayer. We signed off by saying that when a decree was passed that nobody should make a request from any God apart from the king of Persia, Daniel Because of his firm trust, his firm belief in God, he prayed three times in a day. And we read from Daniel chapter 6 verse 10 that now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home and in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as was his custom since early days. And I have mentioned to you that the things that we cannot do in times of peace, we may not be able to do them in times of distress. 
you must learn how to trust God now. When you give your life to him, he will help you. To Daniel, prayer was his custom. When you wake up in the morning, live your life in the hand of God and he will take care of you. In the afternoon, pray. In the evening, pray. Let prayer be the key that opens your door in the morning. And let your prayer be the keys that locks your door in the evening. You'll be surprised what God will do with your life and in your life when you practice this. The Bible says in Psalm 55 verse 17, Evening and morning and at noon I will pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. When you practice this, you become a blessing. Pray in the evening, pray at noon, and pray in the morning, and you will become a blessing. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 33 verse 3, that call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you know not. God is willing to help you. To Daniel, he was a man of prayer. He believed in prayer and he knows that it is only God who can deliver him even in the den. And to him, prayer was the breath of his soul, the energy of his life. Prayer was the tool and his weapon to conquer even in times of war. To Daniel, prayer was his solvent in which to dissolve any hard circumstance. Prayer in the night was his moon, and in the day, prayer was his sun. Prayer was his path to war. Prayer was his voice to call for help. He did not call for any man for help. He called unto God himself. Prayer was his CV, his only qualification for promotion. Prayer was his song of praise. My friend, the Bible says in Jeremiah 3 verse 3 that call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. What difficult are you facing today? What are the challenges in your life? I direct you to God today, the only source I know, the only source I know that can be able to bring hope into your hopeless situation. The only source I know that can turn things around and make you a blessing. The Bible says in Matthew 21 verse 22 that and whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. When you ask God anything in prayer, when you trust him, when you believe it, he is able to give you an answer by trusting him. If it is in his will, he will hear you and answer you. Cecil B. DeMille, he said, I have found the greatest power in the world. I have found the greatest power in the world is the power of prayer. Prayer is a potential power. Prayer is great. Prayer is like a dynamite. It is able to turn things around, especially when we pray and trust in God. Spurgeon also said, One night alone in prayer might make us new men, change from poverty of soul to spiritual wealth, from trembling to triumphing. We have an example of it in the life of Jacob. But I say to you, we have another example in Daniel. And you are becoming the next example. If you trust God, when you pray, when you believe in him, he will turn things around. And that you will see that just one night with him in prayer, he will turn you into a new man. He will change you into a new woman. And you will move from poverty of soul to spiritual wealth. And even you move out of physical poverty into riches. God wants to turn around your life today. That is why you need 
to accept the truth that he alone can give you hope in your hopeless situation. I trust God for you today. You may be sick. You may be you may be financially handicapped. You may be going through all kinds of situations, but there is hope for you. When you pray, look up to God. He who said, when you trust him in all things, he said, and whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. He didn't say some of the things. He said all things. When you trust him, he is going to do it for you. I want to ask you again, is there any hope for you? Was there any hope for Daniel, even as he was thrown into the lion's den? The lions that have been allowed to starve for days, they were already craving for meat that was coming. And suddenly, it drops right in their midst. I don't know where you are in life now. I don't know the challenges you are going through. But if you can look up to God, you know what I like about this situation? The lions befriended Daniel. They became silent even as Daniel dropped into the den. Yes, there is hope in the lion's den. God can shut the mouths of the lions even as you come face to face with life's challenges. The lions couldn't touch Daniel. They seemed to be saying, we have touched meat and have eaten meat, but as for this, it is uneatable. When your revenous enemies see, may they see Jesus and others, and say, others we have eaten, but as for you, we cannot eat you. The same God who came in, the furnace of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, the furnace that was heated seven times, that same God is with you. He is willing to help you. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. May he become your hope. May he shut the mouth of the devourers, even in the den. May the great God give you hope as we meet again. My name is Pastor Ebenezer Kwe. This is Moment of Truth. May he bless you. May he help you, even in the den of lions. Amen. Thank you very much for staying with us. Once again, you can reach us on plus 233-244-673528 or 244 235 017 or email us at radio at vvu.edu.gh or through the postal address Adventist World Radio Ghana PO Box AF595. Adenta Greater Accra Region, Ghana. We will expect your feedback. I believe today's magazine has been a blessing. May the good Lord's hand be in your life. Amen. Remember to tune in same time tomorrow. Bye for now. <laughs>